Welcome to Eve's Corner. Eve's Corner is a show of encouragement, of enlightenment, and of empowerment. And I am very happy that you've joined us on today. I am Prophetess Amina Campbell. And our topic for today is going to come from the book of Luke, the second chapter. It is entitled, No Room at the End. It is a very familiar passage of scripture. Again, that's No Room at the End. From the book of Luke, the second chapter. Before we begin, we definitely want to uh, bow our heads for a word of prayer. And we just believe God on this morning that for everyone that is connected to the show, everyone that follows this ministry, that God continues to multiply and bless you abundantly in every way. Let us bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you now, God, for our many blessings. And Lord, we thank you for watching over us and keeping us, God, all year long. As we've come down to the close of yet another year, God, we can say nothing except, Lord, that you are faithful. God, you've been faithful to us even when we have not been faithful to you. So, God, we ask you first and foremost to forgive us, God, for everything that we've done that's not like you. Forgive us, God, for sins of omission and then sins of commission, God, for things that we've done that we knew we should not have done. We thank you, God, for being a forgiving God and a loving God, so full of grace and mercy. God, because you didn't have to do it, but you did. We thank you now, God, for blessing your people on today, God. Send a word of encouragement, Lord. Lift up, bow down heads in the name of Jesus. We pray now, God, that you heal the sick, God. God, touch those who may be sick and shut in on today, God. Let them be enlightened and lifted on today just by your word, knowing, God, that you are God alone, that you reign over every situation, Lord, that you reign over every circumstance. And, God, we pray that you let your word come forth on today with clarity and with understanding, Lord. For your word, God, you you reminded us to study to show ourselves approved workmen that need not be ashamed. And, God, you remind us on a regular basis, God, that as we continue to draw nigh unto you, you will draw nigh unto us. Thank you, God, for reminding us 
often as we seek first the kingdom of God and all your righteousness, that the things that we need will be added unto us, God. So as your people on today, God, consider the things that they have need of. God, remind them that as they seek you, the needs will be met. God, we glorify and we thank you now, God. We praise your holy name in advance for all that you've done, God, and all that you are going to do in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We are reading from the book of Luke again, the second chapter, and we're going to begin at the first verse. Again, this is very familiar scripture, um, and this is concerning the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So if you have your Bibles, I am going to read today from the New King James Version, beginning at the first verse. And the Bible reads as follows. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Amen. The word of God is already blessed. We do pray that he continues to bless his readers, hearers, and doers of his most holy word. Amen. So today, uh, we are again discussing the birth of Jesus, and our thought for today comes from the seventh verse, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So we want to talk for just a little while from the thought of no room at the inn. There are several reasons uh, that there was no room for Mary and Joseph at the inn. We're going to go through a few of those. And very much like people on today, we don't always make room for Jesus. And it was the same in that time. We don't always make room for Jesus. So one of the reasons that this happens uh, in this day and time um, is simply because of ignorance. Um, and ignorance means a lack of knowledge. So... If you think about it, the innkeeper didn't know that the unborn child that was being carried was the son of God. So my question to you today is, do you know? Do you know? Do you know who he is? Do you know what he does? Do you know what his role should be in your life? Are you aware that he is the son of God? Are you aware that he has all power in heaven and earth given unto him? Do you know that he is the God who reigns over everything? 
Or have you become ignorant to the fact that you have not made room for Jesus? Not even recognizing that he's the answer to all of your questions. Not even recognizing that he is the God who will meet every need. Do you know? Or have you allowed yourself to become ignorant to the fact that you have not made room for Jesus, the Son of God? Now, the second reason that many people then and now have not made room for Jesus is simply because of indifference. Indifference simply means a lack of interest or concern. You're not interested. And so the innkeeper wasn't really interested in their problem because he was ignorant. And he was ignorant because he wasn't connected. Those who were connected were aware of who Jesus was. Mary was aware. Joseph was aware. Elizabeth was aware of who Jesus was. The shepherds and the wise men, they were aware of who Jesus was. Do you know that even Elizabeth's unborn child, who we later found out is John the Baptist, he knew who Jesus was. Even while both of the mothers were carrying their children, when Mary came in to even tell Elizabeth about her good news, John the Baptist leaped in his mother's womb. We're talking about an unborn baby who had an awareness of the presence of the true and living God. We're talking about an unborn baby who recognized the presence of God because they were connected. Are you connected on today or have you become indifferent to the presence of God? Do you allow yourself to sit in church service and fall asleep? Do you allow yourself to sit in church service and praise is going on and you're looking around at what everybody else is doing? Have you become so disconnected because you are just so accustomed to just having church, just going through a program or the norms? Are you still connected? Is there room for Jesus in your life? Are you aware of who Jesus is? Or have you become disinterested and, and not concerned when the presence of God is all around you because you are just used to church Used to praise. Are you still connected? Because when you are connected, there is evidence by your actions. The innkeeper in this case, he was totally indifferent because he was not connected. He was not concerned. He was not interested. Now, another reason that we don't make room for Jesus. It's because sometimes we become too involved. Sometimes we're just so busy with business as usual that we don't make room for Jesus. We're so busy with going to work and coming home. We're so busy with taking care of the children or taking care of our spouses. We're so busy with going to church, evening service, communion Sunday. This program, that program, revival, prayer meetings, Bible study. We're so busy with the actual actions that we've forgotten about Jesus himself because we're used to programming. We're used to processes. Are you just busy being busy? Oh, but now, if you get sick, 
Do you remember who Jesus is? When things are not working well, do you remember who Jesus is? When you need a financial blessing, watch how much we can pause then and take the time for Jesus. Saints, this ought not to be. We can't be so involved in processes in everyday life that the only time that we make time for Jesus is when something is wrong. Lord, I need this and Lord, I need that. Then you want to pray. But in your daily life, you have to remember not to get so involved in going to and fro that you forget about praying, that you forget about fasting, that you forget about spending time with God. Do you tithe of your time as well as your money? Because some people give the money, but they don't give God any of their time. Do you think because you come in and put in a big offering on today that that makes a difference? But you still can't give God any of your time. Don't become so involved in the hustle and bustle of life that you forget about making room for Jesus. And now we recognize if we're looking for Jesus in this day and time, you can't go back to the end. The God that we serve is the God that you would have had to find in the stable. Isaiah 53 and 3 talks about how he was despised and rejected of men. This is the God that we serve. And some of you listening right now might feel like an outsider because that's how they treated Jesus. Like he was an outsider. I mean, if you think about it, he's despised and rejected of men. We can't stand if one person doesn't like us sometimes. We can't stand if one person doesn't want to talk to us sometimes. Well, guess what? Jesus was in that same boat. Many of us have received promises just like there was the promise of the coming Savior in that time. Well, that same Jesus is right here. Have you gotten so involved in your everyday life? Have you become so indifferent and, and you don't have any interest? Or have you just been ignorant and just were not aware of who Jesus is? Were you so unaware that, that he is the son of God? That you've forgotten about the promise of his coming. Some of you know who Jesus is, but you've forgotten about some of the promises that he's made even to you personally. That same Jesus is right here on today. His name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. He knows all about you. He knows your every need. He knows your every desire. So guess what? If you need love, make room for Jesus. If you need joy, make room for Jesus. If you need peace, you can't sleep at night. You're restless. You're paranoid. You're anxious. Make room for Jesus. If you need hope, you got things going on and you just don't know how they're going to be worked out. You need to make room for Jesus. If you need healing or deliverance, you need to make room for Jesus. If you're feeling rejected, lied on, they're talking about you, they're mistreating you, whomever they may be. You need to make room for Jesus. 
He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And they treated him the very same way. He was lied on. He was rejected. Even from birth forward, he was rejected. He was talked about. People didn't treat him right. But you need to make room for Jesus. Just like the promise of the coming of Jesus, many of us have received promises of greater things to come. And just as you're preparing for the manifestation of your blessing, just as you're preparing for your deliverance and the vision to come to pass, just as you're preparing for your breakthrough, all of a sudden, just like with Mary and Joseph, you begin to go through all kinds of things. I'm waiting on the manifestation of the blessing and I've got to go through this. I'm waiting on the birth of the son of God and I have to go through this. Some of you are going through more now than you've ever gone through in the past. You've been praying and you've been believing God for the prophecy to come to pass. And all of a sudden, it seems like all hell has broken loose. Well, I'm here to tell you today. Do not miscarry the promise. You already know what God has promised for you. So don't go by what it looks like. Don't go by how they look at you. Don't go by who doesn't support you. Don't go by what they said to you or what and how they treated you. I want you to know today that God said you still need to get in the birthing position. God hasn't changed his mind about what he promised you. You need to get in the birthing position. Don't focus on them. You make sure your focus is on him, which is what Mary and Joseph had to do. When things are going crazy around you and you know that you still have to deliver this promise, this promise still needs to be manifested and it's got to come through you. God chose you. God picked you. So that means you can't give up now. And somebody right now who's listening may be asking, well, well, what is the birthing position? What do you mean by that? You've got a promise that you have to deliver, just like Mary had to deliver the promise of the Son of God being birthed into the earth. What is the birthing position? Well, every mother can tell you, you're going to have to do, number one, bear down. Two, you're going to have to endure some pain because this is just temporary. It won't last always, but you're going to have to endure some things. Some of us just don't even know how to deal with going through. We fall apart. And the last thing, thirdly, you're going to have to push. You're going to have to push your way through, push through the pain. You're going to have to push through the rejection. You're going to have to push through what they said to you or what they did to you. You're going to have to push through the past of some things that you went through, even as a child that still are affecting you to this day. You're going to have to push through how your parents didn't give you what you needed. You're going to have to push through the church hurt that you may have. You're going to have to push through the divorce. You're going to have to push through the financial voids and deficits that you're facing right now. You're going to have to push through the emotional voids that you may be facing right now. You're going to have to push because this promise has to come through you. You will not give up. You will not give in. But you're going to have to endure. You're going to have to endure because God's promises are yes and amen. He hasn't changed his mind about you. But you have to make sure that you don't go by the circumstances 
that you don't go by what you see and you don't go by how you feel. We want to be able to learn some things from the birth of Jesus. First of all, let's be clear. Joseph and Mary were not rich people. They were poor. Now, how do we know that? Well, there are a couple of things in scripture that, that let us know. Uh, the offering that was made by Mary for purification at the temple, she offered up two turtle doves. So if they had enough money, the other thing is maybe one of the guests or the other people that were staying at the inn could have been convinced to give up their room. And there's also evidence by Joseph's occupation. So in the Greek, it says that he was a tecton, that's T-E-K-T-O-N, which is in comparison to architecton, from which we get the word architect. An architect in the Greek world is a master builder of some sort. This is a, a skilled carpenter or a stonemason. But since Joseph was simply called a tecton, it showed that he was more of a carpenter's assistant or more of a skilled laborer. Uh, and, and with skilled laborers in that time, they would basically come to market on a daily basis to look for work. They didn't always have work every day. So are you a person who may have a financial void right now, like with Mary and Joseph, but you know what God has promised you? There are often times that God will tell you to move forward and you don't have the money to do it. Well, we serve a spiritual God. So that means that he doesn't make promises based on your bank account. Just like God didn't send his only son based on the abilities or the finances of his earthly parents. But we serve a supernatural God who has supernatural powers. So when he puts his super on top of your natural, the outcome is a supernatural miracle. You might not be able to do it on your own. And he didn't intend for you to. He's the God of supernatural blessings. The God of a supernatural breakthrough. All you have to do is trust and obey. Just like with Mary and Joseph. Just do what it is that you were already instructed to do. Get your little bit in your hands and put it in the hands of God. And then you simply watch God work. He works it out. You don't have to work it out. Now, what else can we learn from the birth of Jesus? Well, at the time that the decree of Caesar Augustus was made, it was that everyone in his empire was to be enrolled for the purpose of taxation. So it was determined that they would gather the people into clans or groups. And then Joseph was of the clan of David. So he was instructed then to return to his hometown of Bethlehem. Although Caesar Augustus had made a decree, what was unknown to him is that he was simply a part of God's plan. Don't think that he was doing this to be in the will of God. He was doing what he was doing, but God already knew what was going to happen. He was being used by God and God was going to get the glory. Don't you know that that job that laid you off was simply a part of God's plan? The spouse that walked off and left you was simply a part of God's plan. The friends or the frenemies that some of us have, those folks that rejected you, it was all a part of God's plan for your life. 
the previous failed relationships, those folks that you just knew you were supposed to be with, those folks that you just, I mean, you know, we look good together, we work well together, he understands me, she understands me, I could talk to her. Yeah, those folks that you're no longer with, that was all a part of God's plan to get you to the person that you're supposed to be with. The loan that may have been denied for some of you, it wasn't a surprise to God. It was all a part of God's plan. So you can stop being angry now. Some of you are still mad about promotions that you thought you should have gotten on your job and they gave it to somebody else. Guess what? It was all a part of God's plan. Just like with Mary and Joseph. The orders that were made simply provoked them to get to the place of the promise. People of God, it's very important to be in the place of your promise. Sometimes God has to invoke the heart of someone else who's in charge or maybe stir up the pot, if you will, so that you can be propelled to the place of your promise. They had to be in a certain place at a certain time in a certain season in order for the promise to be able to come through them. So it wasn't by accident and it wasn't by incident. Even in my own case, that God moved me from Dublin, Ohio to Tennessee and then to Jackson, Mississippi, because I had to get to the place of my promise. How did he do that? He put the job here. So that's the thing that provoked it was the job being here. But guess what? Not only was the job here, but the ministry that God had placed in me was needed here. My house was here. My financial blessing was here. The properties that God has blessed me with are here. My mate is here. So I can't get off track. I have to be in the place of the promise. And that place for me right now is in Jackson, Mississippi. So nothing and nobody can convince me to relocate again unless God says so. Because I have to be where God requires me to be. He already has a plan for your life and for mine. So don't get distracted because sometimes things happen and you don't expect them. Well, I have a news flash for you. God was not surprised by that stuff that happened to you. All things are working together for your good because you love God and you are the called according to his purpose. So it doesn't matter what they did, whoever they is in your life. It doesn't matter what they said. It doesn't matter what they withheld from you or should have, could have, would have done for you. God has a plan for your life. All you have to do is be obedient to him. It's all in his plan. You just move when he says move and don't worry about how you're going to get the money. Because when it's God's will, it's God's bill. He never asked you to figure anything out. He simply told you to obey. Just trust him. He's got the rest all in his hands. You just do what he says for you to do. So now, what else do we learn from the birth of Jesus? The Bible says that Joseph was a spouse to Mary, which means that they had plans to get married. So Joseph still took Mary to be his wife, even under the suspicion, you know, folks looking at him with the sad eye. You know how we do. That he had fathered, fathered the child before they got married. Because, you know, folks are looking like, hmm, she was already pregnant, huh? Hmm. Oh, well, maybe they ain't this and maybe they ain't that. Maybe it ain't his baby. Y'all know how folks do. But Joseph had received instructions 
to go to Bethlehem and to take Mary, who was, and the Bible says, great with child. So she was big and pregnant. Now he, he's got to take on this woman that's big and pregnant. Yeah, because he received instructions from God through the angel. Now, mind you, this was about a 70-mile journey over some rough terrain, hills, and, and, and things of that nature. So this was a long, hard, uncomfortable journey. And the fact that she was big and pregnant and they hadn't consummated a marriage was definitely suspect. I told y'all. Y'all know in this day and time, they would get what we call the side eye. But Joseph still obeyed the instructions that he had received. So for somebody listening right now, some of y'all, some of us get so worried about what people think about you that you're tempted not to obey God. You're tempted not to do what God has told you to do. I know it may be a long, hard journey, just like with Mary and Joseph. And I know that things may have been rough. I know that people may be talking about you, but I'm here to tell you that your obedience is better than sacrifice. It's always better to please God than man. Those folks don't have a heaven or a hell to put you in. Why are you worried about what they think? Don't let those folks who are going to talk about you either way it goes. Get you thrown off track from what it is that God has told you to do. For some of you, God may have called you to preach, but you're so scared that somebody's going to bring up your past. You're so scared that somebody's going to remember what you did back then. You're so scared somebody's going to remind you of the type of person that you used to be. You're so scared that somebody's going to say something about your divorce. Somebody's going to say, well, you ain't even got your finances right. You just filed bankruptcy a few years ago. How you going to do this and that? And you're not this and you're not that. They remind you of all of your failures. You are so scared. But what does that have to do with obeying God? And remember this. Only Satan, the devil himself, will remind you of all the things that you did in your past. Why is that? So that he can hinder you and stop you from obeying God. He's trying to stop you from getting to the place of your promise. He's trying to stop you from birthing the miracle that God has already impregnated you with. That's only in you. God chose you, remember? So if the enemy gets you off track, you block your own blessings. He don't even have to do it. He can't block it. But what he can do is trick you. What he can do is distract you from being obedient to God. What he can do is distract you from being in the place of the promise. For some of you, God may have told you to relocate a long time ago, but you were so distracted by things going on around you. You're so distracted by the people around you. You're so distracted by family members who don't mean you well anyway. And yes, it may be uncomfortable. And yes, there may be some situations in your life that look a little funny. There may be some sad-ass situations in your life as well. Because when you make changes, people do find it strange. When you make changes, people do look at you differently. And for many of you, there have been good changes. 
but you're worried about how they're going to look at you when you stop sitting around gossiping. You're worried about how they're going to look at you when you're not answering the phone all the time talking about foolishness and all in everybody else's business. You're worried about what they're going to think about you when you're not going to all the parties anymore. It might look funny when you're not sitting in the break room on the job and talking about everybody that comes in and out. Ooh, girl, look at her shoes. Ooh, girl, I like them boots. Ooh, what he got on? Ooh, that shirt don't even go with those pants. It, it might look a little funny when your ways have changed. When you're now taking your breaks to sit in your car and read your Bible. It might look a little funny when you're sitting in your car praying. They're like, who, who's she in there talking to? Girl, she out there talking to herself. Because you've changed. You're trying to make a difference in your life. It may look funny when you're out at, at the family functions and everybody else is drinking and you're not. It may look funny, but it's important that you obey God at all costs. It might look a little funny when you are praising God against all odds and you still have situations and circumstances at your house. It may look funny when you are praising God and nobody else at your church is up but you. Because they don't know what you've been through. They don't know what God has brought you from. It may look funny when God tells you it's time for you to move. Move? You going where? It may look funny when God tells you to go. Go somewhere completely different. Go to a place that's not common to you or, or not familiar to you. Like he told Abraham to get out from among your kinfolk. Because he had bigger and better things for Abraham. He wanted him to become the father of many nations. And he couldn't do that sitting around his folks. He wanted to bless him. He wanted to multiply him. He wanted to do things in him that had never been done before at that time. God's got something embedded in many of my listeners on today that nobody else has ever done. He's got a gift embedded in you. But in order to get there, for many of you, you have to do a physical or an emotional relocation. God is saying that you need to get to a different place. God is saying that you need to do something different. So, yes, it may look funny like Noah and you out there building an ark. And it hasn't rained. And all the folks are looking at him saying, Noah is tripping. It may look funny when God has called you to do something different. Different than everyone else in your family. Different than everyone else in your community. You have a calling or a gift. That's simply different and it's manifested in different ways. So it may look funny to folks. When God tells you to do this or that. Because according to man's calculations, maybe it's not a good time. According to man's calculations, maybe, you know, we don't have the money for that. According to man's calculations, nobody's ever done that before. What is she doing? Yes, according to man's calculations. But we serve a God who is not worried about man's calculations. We serve a God who is not worried about your personal limitations we serve a God who does not need to check with your haters to see if they agree. The God that we serve 
is a supernatural God who holds the world in the palm of his hands. The same God who took a little boy's lunch of two fish and five loaves and blessed it and broke it and fed 5,000 men plus women and children. We serve a God of miracles. So why does he need to check with your haters on what he's getting ready to do in your life? It's just important for you to obey. The same God that we serve healed a woman who had an issue for 12 years. She had gone to every doctor. And all she had to do was reach out and touch the hem of his garment. And virtue went out of him. Into her. And she was healed. Her life straightened up. She had already spent all her money on trying to get well and do things another way. See, it's not about your way. It's not about how you think it should go. Because you may be broke right now. You've spent all your money on doing things the way that you thought they should go. Because you didn't reach out to Jesus. This woman couldn't worry about how it looked. She couldn't worry about what the rest of those folks in the crowd thought. They couldn't help her anyway. So why are you worried about them? They can't help you either. We serve a God who brings back to life what you thought was dead. What about Jairus' daughter? What about Lazarus? They went from dead to sleeping. Lazarus ends up getting up, hopping up out of the grave. Because Jesus called him. When Jesus called you, were you worried about the crowd? When Jesus called you, were you worried about what was going on around you? Lazarus had been buried long enough that he should have been stinking. Some of us have some stinking situations. And I recognize you can't fix it by yourself. But remember, God didn't ask you to. Folks are probably looking at you funny because you're saying, I've got to obey God. I've got to do what it is that God wants me to do. They're probably looking at you funny. Stop talking to them folks. Tell them everything that God told you. All you have to do is obey. Your dream is not dead. Just like with Lazarus. You need to wake up your victory. Some of you need to wake up your joy. Some of you need to wake up your peace. With many of my listeners today, you need to simply wake up your finances and reach for Jesus like the woman with the issue. Don't worry about what it looks like. And you cannot get stuck on what it feels like. Because there are going to be some uncomfortable times. But you've got to make room for Jesus. Don't get so stuck on religion, which is tradition. Don't get so stuck on your religious actions and things that you just do from Sunday to Sunday. Yes, it's your job to take up money. Yes, it's your job to, to greet the people. Yes, it's your job to cut the grass at the church. Yes, it's your job to clean the bathrooms. Don't get so stuck on the things that you just do religiously and forget about keeping the promises of God. Don't get so stuck on your day-to-day activities that you forget that God keeps his promises. 
You just need to do what he told you to do. And if you allow it, people will always get you off track. If you allow it. So you need to stop going and asking for the opinion of people. And ask God what his plan is for your life. And don't be surprised if he expects you to do something that just may seem odd. (laughs) Something that just may seem different. Something that nobody else understands except you and God. Don't be surprised if God tells you to do something that's unique from what Big Mama and them said that you should be doing with your life. Because a lot of Big Mamas told some children, especially some some boys, you ain't nothing. You ain't going to be nothing. You ain't never been nothing. You just like your daddy. He wasn't nothing and you ain't no different. Why? Because Big Mama was angry. Because Big Mama was miserable with her own life. So don't be surprised if it's something totally opposite of what Big Mama said. Now for some of us who had spiritual Big Mamas, she may have told you when you were a child and you strayed away. I'm telling you now to make room for Jesus. Don't be surprised if God tells you to move or relocate. Don't be surprised if God tells you to get out of your comfort zone. It doesn't always mean move across the United States or or move to some foreign country, but sometimes God will tell you to move and do something. Maybe it's your neighborhood. Maybe you need to move away from some of those folks you hang out with and talk to all the time. Maybe you need to move away from some of those messy people that you sit up with in the break room. Maybe you need to move away with some clicks in the church and be about the business of God and not just activities in the church that we do on a continuous basis. Whatever it is that God tells you to do, don't be surprised if he tells you to come out from among them. If he reminds you that you're different, if he reminds you that you're called, just don't be surprised if you have to get out of your comfort zone. Don't be surprised if he tells you to give something you didn't even recognize that you had. Your job is simply to obey. Your job is simply to do what it is that God told you to do. Now, what else can we learn from the birth of Jesus? Well, as Mary and Joseph approached Bethlehem, she went into labor. And this small inn was already filled. So they would have had to find a place to be able to give birth. But what the question is, if you think about it, ask yourself, who was at the inn? Who lived in the town in Bethlehem? Who are these people who who had no room? Well, remember, remember Joseph had to go back to the place of his kinfolks. So the answer to the question, my friends, is that It would have had to be Joseph's family members. It would have had to be Joseph's relatives. It would have had to be Joseph's kinfolks. And nobody could show compassion to this pregnant woman. And these was Joseph's kinfolks. So then you ask yourself, well, was his family rejecting him? Were they rejecting her? Were they rejecting the the entire thought or the concepts Of what it was that they represented. Because remember now. They were engaged to be married. 
and she shows up big and pregnant. Hmm. Was it because the people didn't care? Was it because the people just didn't agree with his decision to marry this woman? Were these people even able to be of help to Mary and Joseph? Were they in a position where they, they just couldn't help? What was the reason that these folks who were his relatives didn't help? People of God, hear me clearly. When God is getting ready to bless you, it's not always going to be through your normal circle of friends or family. Some of us have this expectation that family is just supposed to do certain things, and that's nice. And in a lot of families, that would work. But in many situations, oftentimes, they will reject you before a stranger will. Many times, family members will question your motives before a stranger will. Many times, family members will question your ministry before a stranger will. And very often, not only will they have questions, they'll comment and tell you how they really feel about you. Some family members will be the first one to be like, I don't know how she made all that money. I don't know what he really doing to get all that stuff. Because, girl, you know, he didn't used to have anything. It'll be the first ones to talk about you. And like I said, many times it'll be your family. They're often... Trying to be in your business. A lot of times family members will have the nerve to ask for details. When sometimes strangers will be like, hey, well, you know, if God said such and such, then, you know, God bless you. I support you. You need anything, let me know. But not family. A lot of family members won't even lift a finger to help you when they have the opportunity to do so. Sometimes they're simply unable to assist. And sometimes they just won't help. And no, it's not because everybody's being malicious. Oftentimes, families don't have the wherewithal or the finances to be able to help other family members. They may have the heart and the mind and they'll offer you prayer, but they, they can't give you a dime because they don't have it. But know this. No matter what the reason, if you've been rejected or if you've been denied by your family, there are a lot of people right now to this day who are ostracized from their family members and if something happened to them the folks on your job wouldn't even know who to call because you've told them you don't even have family many times people are denied by their family many times people are rejected by their family but it doesn't stop what God has placed in you it doesn't stop what God has promised you God keeps his promises. If God has to send a stranger your way, you will still go into business. If God has to use somebody at your church, you are still going to go to college. If God has to send somebody that you don't even know from a whole nother state that he may have had to move across the U.S. on a job transfer, you are still going to get married. If God has to open a brand new publishing company that you've never heard of before, 
They're not even listed when you go into Google and try to look for them. They're that small. But guess what? You are still going to write that book. If God has to have money to come from a 401k plan on a job that you forgot all about, you forgot you had it. He's still going to bless you with the houses and the land that he promised you because God is faithful. If those folks didn't help you, then you didn't need them. Stop looking back at your family members saying, they, I asked them for help back in 1987 and they didn't even know. If they didn't help you, you didn't need them because they might have been trying to take some of God's glory. My mom and daddy never bought me a car when I graduated. That's not how God wanted you to get it. He wanted you to earn it. For everything that didn't happen, let it go. We're coming to the close of a new year, going into another. There are a lot of us that need to let some things go. Let it go. If it did not happen, it was not God's plan. God is not going to share his glory with anybody. And he doesn't want anybody taking credit for anything that he did. So if it took you a little bit longer to get your car, if it took you a little bit longer to get that job, if it took you a little bit longer to get out of college, if it took you a little bit longer to get your spouse, if it took you a little bit longer to get your house, then that was God's plan. So you can go ahead on and smile. You can go ahead on and be happy. You can go ahead on and get your joy back. Be glad they turned you down because God has something better for you. Don't worry about those kin folks that didn't help you. Don't worry about all those frenemies that were standing around watching and hoping that you wouldn't accomplish your goals. Don't worry about those people. You keep moving and you keep your focus on God. Don't walk around in unforgiveness. Because remember, if you don't forgive them, then God can't forgive you. You forgive your debts. He forgives our debts as we forgive our debtors. We don't want to continue to hold people indebted to us. Because we don't want God to do that for us. We don't want God remembering us what we did yesterday, let alone last year. And down through the years. We want him to forgive us. So you forgive them so that you can move forward. I am not about to miss my blessings over any relative or any friend or any church that may have rejected me. I'm not about to miss my blessings over anybody that may have hurt my feelings. I'm not about to miss my blessings over somebody that should have, could have, would have promoted me and didn't. That was not the plan of God. Because those folks would have been trying to take his glory. But I did this for her. I did that for him. I gave him this. I gave her that. No, God is not going to share his glory with anybody. And guess what? You can't be in unforgiveness. You got too much to do. I refuse to be in unforgiveness. That's just a hindrance. I'm on a mission. I've got things to do. I've got places to go. I can't walk around in unforgiveness. So stop being upset about those kin folks that shoulda, coulda, woulda. It doesn't matter. That was not the plan of God. God's plan is being executed just as he planned. He already has plans for you. 
He already has an expected end for you. He already knows what he wants to do to and through you. He knows how he wants to bless you. The things that happened with Mary and Joseph had to happen that way. The Lamb of God had to be born among lambs. It had to be those same rough circumstances. He had to lay aside his glory to even come down to earth to be born of a woman. He had to become flesh. That's the plan of God. He had to come as a servant. It was all in the plan of God. He had to be wrapped in those swaddling clothing and laid in a trough. It was all the plan of God. It was the plan of God that he be born to die in order to fulfill prophecy, in order to fulfill the plan of God. Everything that has happened in your life had to happen that way. The Bible says that God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. I mean, does it make sense that a king would come as a baby? But God has chosen those foolish things of the world because in our flesh, in our minds, we don't understand how that could be. It's all in the plan of God. Everything that happened in your life. And hear me clearly. Everything that has happened in your life was the plan of God. He died so that we might live. Not just to exist, but he came that we might have life and that more abundantly. Often we find ourselves completely engaged in our own struggles. And sometimes it seems like our lives are just spinning completely out of control. And it may seem sometimes like other folks have power over us. Folks at church, folks on the job, spouses. But rest assured, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, just like with Mary and with Joseph, there was no room in the end, but God was actively working on their behalf. Just like in your situation right now, you might not be able to look around and see it all the time, but God is actively working on your behalf. His plan will come into fruition. You are not a victim of circumstance. You are not a failure. You are not the black sheep of your family. Stop telling that lie. What you need to do is simply obey God and he will do the rest. What you need to do is simply make room for Jesus and he will do the rest. What you need to do is stop worrying about folks. Stop worrying about your circumstance. Stop complaining and whining and crying about how hard it is because everything that God promised you, everything that God showed you, it will come to pass. God keeps his promises. All you have to do is trust and obey. Get to the place of your promise. Get in the birthing position. 
The promise will be manifested and the promise is going to come through you. He has not changed his mind about you because of your circumstances. He knows exactly what he's doing. You just get to where you need to be. Make room for Jesus. That's what you need to do. Make room for Jesus. This has been Eve's Corner. Thank you so much for joining on today. If you would like to donate to Campbell Ministries, if you would like to go back and review any archived shows that you may have missed, you can simply go to CampbellMinistries.com. That's www.CampbellMinistries.com. You can also go to the website to gain more information about the ministry. If you would like to schedule bookings, you may write or you may email acampbell681 at ymail.com. Again, that's acampbell681 at ymail.com. If you'd like to write, to just give us your testimony and tell us how much the show has blessed you. You may do so at P.O. Box 16214, Jackson, Mississippi. Again, that's P.O. Box 16214, Jackson, Mississippi. If you would like to donate uh, your gently used formal dresses to your big sister's closet, remember, uh, we are collecting gently used formal gowns for young ladies who cannot afford to go to the prom on their own. We want to be able to be a blessing to the community. So, again, you can utilize the P.O. Box to send those dresses. I will clean them for you. P.O. Box 16214, Jackson, Mississippi, 39236. If you would like to schedule job readiness trainings and job relevance trainings or any level of business etiquette for your church, um, if you'd like to do a seminar in your community, you may also utilize the email address, acampbell681 at ymail.com. And lastly, if you're looking for a church home and you're near Jackson, Mississippi, please stop by the Word Full Gospel Baptist Church. We are located at 3023 Percy V. Simpson Drive in Jackson, Mississippi. Thank you again. And until next time, may God bless you and keep you. Oh, oh, oh.